This week, I'm bringing you an episode from another podcast that I run once a year with Douglas. It's a podcast series called Small Time Bets that we set up during the COVID pandemic. Each year, we do some predictions, and then the following year, we review those predictions and make new ones. This is the 2023 edition. I'm planning on doing a lot more tech back control content in the new year. It's been a bit of a busy time for me recently, but I'm planning to get back to a normal schedule very soon. Enjoy this episode, and if you want to find out whether we were right or wrong, then subscribe and listen for the next one around this time next year. And we're live. (laughs) Welcome back, Jonathan. It's been an entire year. We're launching the only annual podcast format. It's been, it's, I've been looking forward to this. Have you re-listened to what crazy things we said last year? Yeah, a few times. I mean, not recently, but <laughs> yeah. I was going off my notes, to be honest. So if it's different from what I actually said, you can keep me honest. But remind me how we run this. We'll do a look back, were we right? And then a look ahead to predict the whole of 2024. Sounds good. Sounds good. Shall I go first? Go for it. With my first one. Okay. So there were 10 predictions on my side for 2023. Number one, Iran will have a change of political system. Nope. The view (laughs) of the Netherlands uh, Klingendal Institute is that social unrest will fester waiting to erupt. When it does, it will be met with harsh repression. It's likely that only greater disagreements within the ruling elite and all the security forces, which are closely linked, can alter that equation. So... It was a bold one, to be fair. Not yet. To to suggest that is is bold, but are you sticking with it for this year? Let's find out. So we had the anniversary of Masa Amini's death in custody in September 2023, and that there were protests around that, but there was also a lot of repression ahead of Mm. it. So what do I think? I think they might have it right. The Klingendal Institute's view, which is that, to quote Disraeli, there's a lot of ruin in a nation and... It's going to take a lot more to to pull this one apart. Fair enough. What was your number two? China will jumpstart development of a mainland capability that rivals TSMC and ASML. I think you got this right. Okay, you say yes. I also said yes, but then I'm marking my own homework. So no, here's I, a statistic yeah. I've got for you. So the percentage of chip foundry tenders being won by Chinese as opposed to foreign firms has risen as the year progressed from 36% to 62%. That's pretty solid. So, and yeah. even anecdotally, if you look mm. at where China have surprised, both in the autonomous vehicle space and in the Huawei chipset space and in the AI compute side i think yeah i think you're right on the the chip foundry side and their ability to compete do you think u.s policy things have really almost been the catalyst for that and that it wouldn't have happened had it not been for those sanctions um i think it has to happen on all sides right so Hmm. the u.s is persuading tsmc to build fabs on mainland u.s soil yeah and ASML have huge backlogs and sort of supply agreements. So, yeah, both both sides have to kind of... I think it's just become a security uh, table stake to say we have our own supply chain for uh, whatever it is, four nanometer chipsets. Hmm. No, I give you that one. I think that's a correct one. Okay, number three, US commercial real estate collapses. So do condos. What did you score yourself? Half. <laughs> <There's> no... 
Wait, which half? Uh, commercial real estate collapses. What was your measure of collapse out of interest? Because I, I mean, it's definitely been hit, but I, would you say it's an actual collapse? I guess it's kind of interpretive. So here's a Bloomberg article from the 6th of November titled The Slow Motion Crisis in Commercial Real Estate. So because most properties are privately held, valuations can take years to adjust to shifts in demand. But the MSCI World Real Estate Index fell by a third from the start of 2022 to October 2023. And that means that 1.2 trillion US dollars of US commercial real estate debt was potentially troubled. Vacancy rates are at record highs. Landlords are walking away from some properties now worth less than their debt and handing them back to lenders. And Goldman Sachs took a 1.15 billion hit for bad real estate investments. Do you count the WeWork bankruptcy in all of this as a kind of sign of the times? I think that's a good data point. And then separately, weirdly, condos seem to be doing fine. Because of the weird way that the interest rates are recalculated in the US, right? It doesn't happen in these kind of fixed deal things the way that it does in the UK. So the people, people have who, really, really long mortgage terms. Really, US. really long. And if you don't buy or sell, you kind of... So basically you get this like inertia where no one does anything during this time until the rates come back down, which is, I guess, where that's... We'll give you half. Half a point. In a kind of weird... Uh, okay, we'll give you half, but you need another half point to get a full point. You don't just finish on a half. <laughs> Uh, I, do, I do actually, I've got um, <laughs> got a half mark in my final. So next, next one. Next one, number four. Ukraine's Western allies will back down to Russia on a restoring re- Ukraine's full territorial integrity, including Crimea. In spite of this, fighting continues through winter 2023. I don't think you have that one. So my I mean, verdict got on the this... the second half, but... Uh... So you can say why, first of all. Well, fighting has continued. That that bit is okay. We're, we're funding, fine with that. yeah, funding and backing from Western allies is definitely on the cards for something that may get reduced or cut going forward, like a twenty twenty four view, especially the Republican Party and if Donald Trump comes in. But has there been any Western allies that have backed down on trying to restore Ukraine's territorial integrity, like formally? I don't think so. So here's what I said on this one. Are you ready? So the question was, Ukraine's Western allies will back down to Russia on restoring Ukraine's full territorial integrity, including Crimea. In spite of this, fighting continues through winter 2023. Answer, yes, probably behind the scenes. So a few data points. Ukrainian Army Chief General Valery Zaluzhny has admitted that the war has entered a stalemate. The Biden administration is privately encouraging Ukraine's leaders to signal an openness to negotiate with Russia and drop their public refusal to engage in peace talks until Putin's removed, Washington Post. And then NBC News, July the 6th. In a high-level example of the back-channel diplomacy taking place behind the scenes, Russian Foreign Affairs Minister Sergei Lavrov met with members of the group of former senior US national security officials for several hours in April 2023 in New York. So... I think what's happening behind the scenes is, and this doesn't give me any pleasure, but there is obviously a lot of thought being given as to how to find an off-ramp. And that 
you know, luckily my prediction didn't say anything about NATO because that's kind of the sore point. I think the territorial integrity question will end up getting resolved in some way that doesn't restore full territorial integrity. And so what did the prediction say? That the Western allies would back down to Russia on restoring full territorial integrity, including Crimea, but nonetheless fighting continues. I think it's already happened behind the scenes. I kind of want to agree with you, but also that's not really how predictions can be scored. (laughs) I think if it was a 2024 thing and we had a data point to say, oh, actually, although this was agreed and probably the cards on the table in 2023, it actually gets confirmed politically in 2024. I don't know whether I can give you a... Sorry. There would be so much backlash from our audience if we suddenly were like, oh yeah, true. (laughs) Because it hasn't actually been, like, it's speculative at best. Probably a lot of merit to it behind the scenes, I agree. Uh, And there's there's a lot of signalling. But I don't think, I don't think you get this one. Yeah, I think it's already happened just behind the scenes. So you you can't see it. I guess, I guess the problem here is that we can't validate it. Yeah, and also back channel access like there isn't enough smoke to really call this one I, I do think i think it's dependent on literally political changes that will happen in 2024 to really become set in stone i think so much of it is gesturing and like negotiating and probably also distraction because of other very unforeseen events this year that have just meant there isn't a formal data point on it i can't give you it I I think I've got it. Next. Okay, this was a big one. Wow. New breakthroughs are announced in the separate fields of treating some kinds of cancer, combating Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Also, new breakthroughs are announced in mainstream media on battery energy density, hydrogen production, nuclear fusion, and quantum computing. Each time it leads the news. Have you got have you got all of them? Here's what I think. I think I got. I think I nailed it. I think I got all of them. I think you want to call me out on any of them. I'll give you an example. I'll give you. I'll back it up. I'll give you multiple examples. I'll give you the Let's source. Let's do this. I'll Let's give you the this. date when it was headlining the news. Number one, cancer. Yeah. How many do you want? Uh, you got bladder. You got cervical. You got breast. Major breakthroughs. Yeah. Major. So major breakthroughs were it. Your your words. It leads the evening news. Yeah, I great. don't watch enough of the evening news to know, but did those things lead the evening news breakthrough? Indu- indubitably. Okay, Parkinson's. Uh, Parkinson's. Yep, got announcements there. Uh, Bayer, Bayer subsidiary Blue Rock became the first company to report initial success treating Parkinson's disease uh, in humans using experimental stem cell therapy. The drug maker said on uh, reported August twenty sixth. Reuters. Lovely Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Huge. I don't know which one you want because there were two major events that happened. So trials published in January showed that for the first time, lecanemab, which is a monoclonal antibody, showed that they've been able to slow the cognitive decline characteristic of Alzheimer's. And then in May, later on, Eli Lilly reported that (laughs) donanemab slowed the pace of Alzheimer's by about a third. So... Right, I'll let you another, have that. Another incredible ba- Battery density, I know. Nuclear fusion? Wait, which one do you think is battery density? Um, the recent one, well, there's a couple. There was the recent Samsung one. And I think before that, there was the new, was it either solid state or superconductor news about, about battery density? You know better than me. From but Toyota? There was like, oh, Toyota, that was it. Yeah. So okay. Toyota's and yeah. 
That's too I long. think those are, are tick boxes. Nuclear fusion, I'm curious whether you're going to refer to the place in France that's doing... They always have a breakthrough every year, so it's like, okay, is, <laughs> if that's what we're going to point to. Like, new market, no, fair enough. actually, I was going to go with Nature on the 15th of December, quite a recent one. Oh, I remember that issue. <laughs> so just two days ago. Well done, Google. The same people who... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Confirmation bias 101 <laughs> who reported with an article. they first achieved ignition have now uh, entered a new era by achieving it over and over again. So four out of the six times they ran it at the National Ignition Facility, constantly creating reactions that make more energy than they consume, which is a good way of producing energy. Fair enough. Quantum computing. Yeah. How many do you want? Just one. You just needed one evening news, remember? It had people listening are gonna be going, Oh, I remember seeing that on the evening news. Remember? It was that it was game changing for the week of whatever. <laughs> Cast your mind back, if you will, to uh, the evening of June the twenty third, in which DARPA funded research led to quantum computing breakthrough from a Harvard led team that developed novel logical qubits to enable sc- scalable quantum computers. And it was you know, it was a really big deal at the time. Everyone okay. thought encryption was over. You remember this? I'm going to give you this one, but I remember having recently listened to what we said last year. I said this was a little bit like predicting rain because every year there are major breakthroughs in all of these because of the investment cycle and the way they publish. So that you could say point. the same. My point was that it's it's an observation more about the way that funding cycle generates its own news cycle. Yeah, yeah, That's which is why I was saying. like, it's not so much a super prediction as a... I remember saying, yeah, so this year, scientific progress was made. <laughs> but I'll give you it. It is true. You've cited it. Thank you, Google. I think you get this one. It's a pretty Number super six. prediction. Thank you. Okay. 2023 is the year US crypto regulation gets much clearer and falls like a hammer. I'm really curious on your narrative on this one because I want to. Go, I'm going to give you the point anyway, but <laughs> for reasons that probably weren't anticipated so go go for it so i've just written yes absolutely um and i wanted to throw it back to you to say looking back over the year because it did absolutely fall like a hammer i think maybe the the point to dispute or clarify is that we might not be in much clearer of a place regarding what is and isn't like why is it that stuff is getting smashed up with this big hammer and what specific things are and aren't allowed or will or won't be allowed. And are we about to move through now that the hammer's fallen into a new phase where some of the things that weren't previously allowed are going to be allowed now that the ETFs are going to roll out, etc. So like, that's kind of where I was thinking we'd go with this one. So if you look back at the year gone, FTX gave crypto a bad name. Before that, there was everything else that happened. And then then the mainstream exchanges, including Binance, all got slapped across the wrist mm-hmm. and had some very serious sort of strictures placed on them, including ones that have previously been you know, trying their best to stay above board like Kraken. So which part of my prediction do you dispute? Oh, I, I don't dispute that crypto regulation fell like a hammer. I think the things that... I would dispute with this idea that it gets a lot clearer. And this probably is more for people who are interested in the crypto space. I don't think anyone would say that in the US, the regulation has got clearer. 
enforcement actions have progressed quite aggressively where there have been fraud or sanctions violations as with Binance or areas where it's kind of <laughs> just obvious criminality. I don't think there's a lot of clarity on DeFi, although there are some bills going through Congress at the moment that may try and clarify it. There's definitely no more clarity on self-custody and how like wallets are, are handled. There isn't yet a exchange traded fund for Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrencies. Although there was a whole load of bank CEOs brought in to speak to Congress who basically called crypto's only use case as being funding terrorism and criminality. And there's now pushes for it to be like somehow banned in ways that no one actually wants to clarify. So yeah, that bit, I would say super, super not clear. And no one would ever say, oh, it's a lot clearer. The only change to that is stablecoins, where I think there is some appetite for a US regulated stablecoin to to have clear regulation and responsible entities handling them. But even that one, some regulation is pushing for that to extend to even like the digital euro and things. And so it's like, oh, there's just some nonsense happening. So for like a hammer, yes, regulation clearer, no, but I would give you the point. That's what I want to hear. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'll give you the next point because I'm, I'm definitely, you called this one and I didn't notice it at the time because last year I was like, oh, I, I literally remember saying, I know nothing about this, whatever. But the year was dominated by the story. So go for it. Don't, don't prejudge it. So this is prediction number seven. Eli Lilly will make a ton of money in 2023 from its obesity slash diabetes treatment, Manjano to Zepatite. Competing with Wagovi and Azempic, which is the obesity and diabetes versions of Novo's GLP-1 drug, semaglutide. So, I my view is it. yes. No? Yeah, so if you'd invested at the point of our last show, you'd have seen a 57% increase in the value of Eli Lilly and 42% for Novo Nordisk. And for Q3 alone, 2023, worldwide, Mongiano revenue was $1.4 up 44% from the previous quarter, and US revenue was $1.28 billion. So yeah, that it made them a lot of money. Yeah, I think you got that one. And I would, paid would have made you money if you'd invested. <laughs> well, I did 60%, joke earlier before, 60%. before we were recording. I did joke about the, the Douglas ETF might be the thing that is born out of your pretty canny predictions. You're too kind. Let's keep going. You're on to number eight. Lucky number eight. Meta will announce a change of course on Metaverse investment. I mean, yes, let's move on. That was kind of, uh, it was a gimme. Well, I don't know when they announced it, say that. but when did they, when did they formally announce the pivot? The pivot into what? Into AI. They, they, they did a massive, like, with, they laid off people. They toned down all the metaverse commentary. They did a, a very renewed focus that we are building all these foundation models and open sourcing them and everything for AI. I forget if that was like June or July or something, but yeah, definitely I would give you this unless you don't want the point. Weirdly, I'd like to dispute it and then see where we land. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm curious. So yeah, so here we are. I mean, in April, Zuck says, a narrative has developed that we're somehow moving away from focusing on the metaverse. Uh, so I just want to say up front, he said in the investors meeting, so I just want to say up front that that's not accurate. And then the, the figures in terms of spend, the Reality Labs division continues to set fire to about 4 billion a quarter. And uh, Q3 this year was 23% year on year growth over last year's Q3. So it's on track this year, Reality Labs, the virtual and metaverse portion of Meta, 
is on track to spend $14 billion chasing still only a couple of million dollars in annual revenue. And so far, that means it's up to $47 billion on Metaverse spend, which is the annual revenue of Best Buy or United Airlines. Wow. So now, ask you mm. again, did Meta announce a change of course on Metaverse investment? So what happened halfway through this year was ChatGPT, everyone lost their mind, and then we just all went AI, 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 and so did Meta. Meta said AI a lot, and they open-sourced that model, which was very constructive and helpful to the developer community. But in terms of where the money's going, it's still going into a ginormous hole marked Metaverse. It's being poured down there. They're pumping the money into a big That's hole. That's interesting. You're making, you're convincing me. I don't want you to have this point. <laughs> Thank you. I rescind my point from myself. Next, prediction number nine. Ready? Nintendo drops new hardware. Nintendo <sighs> will drop some new hardware and it will be awesome. Are we giving, you can't have this. Convince me. If I were to have it, what would I have it for? If you're talking about the OLED switch, it's like, I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've written no this did not happen instead they released The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom so <laughs> which had no. some um, pretty interesting gameplay uh, dynamics involving combining different hardware components within the game mm. that's, um, does that oh, count? I haven't seen that no but okay so let's say no Let's say no on that one. Number 10, the final one. By the end of 2023, if you feed our podcast series into specialised AI, it will spit out new episodes in response to news events in our voices. I mean, just to give everyone context of where we were when we were recording this, I think Midjourney was well established and was out. ChatGPT, the first version with GPT 3.5, was live and available and people were kind of doing freaky things. But this was a good prediction. And I'd say... It is possible. Like I have done this on a separate podcast. I know I could do it with ours. With How would light. you do it? Just just shout some names at me. So I'd probably take our transcripts that we have and train an open AI GPT to just rebuild new scripts using the main prompt as a latest news headline. So a simple, you know, whatever the latest news headline is would be your input context prompt. Then I'd train our voices using Eleven Labs, which is a really good voice cloning software that generates new voice from text. And then I'd feed the script into that, make our voices, and I would still need to do some like editing, but it would be relatively simple. So I think Bingo. it's something it's something that could be done. It probably would be pretty crap having to try these out like without the right attention, but certainly possible. Yeah, you get that one. Oh, thank you very you, much. You get I would one like and a half points for that. <laughs> no, you get one point. Let's not be silly. I would like, you confused me there, using humour. So I would like to score myself as having 6.5 out of 10. Congratulations, so me. Well done. You got 6 out of 10. <laughs> 6.5 ain't bad. <laughs> Shall we move on to my terrible predictions and to see yes. how we did? Retrospective 2023 Jonathan Tipper predictions. I said, prediction number one, inflation will come down as quickly as it went up. It will be 3 to 4% in the US, UK and the rest of Europe. I'm going to give myself a point <laughs> for this. What? Because in the US, I am correct. 3.2% 
In the EU, we're under four percent. In the UK, it's kind of a bit higher. But um, I, is that? I sorry, you're talking about what inflation? That's not C- CPI inflation. That's the that's the core CPI interest. That's the no, bank's interest rate. <sighs> Was your prediction related to interest rates or inflation? Inflation. So what's the actual inflation rate? The US's latest one was 3.2. Yeah, you, you might have that. Keep going. The EU's down to 2.9 in the euro area. Mm-hmm. So I'll take the the EU. What I can't take is the UK because the UK is, is, is stubbornly just nowhere near. As of November, 4.6%. So yeah, too high in the UK. Can I challenge you on the spirit of the prediction? I don't know what that means. Okay, so you said that inflation will come down as fast as it went up. Yes. Do do you remember the context for this? Was that everyone was talking about transitory inflation? At the beginning of 2022, they were talking about transitory inflation. The Fed was like labouring that term. And then all the way through 2022 and then into 2023... But, and I said it tends to look a bit like a triangle. It goes up and then it comes down about the same pace. Yes. Did it and come down you, as fast as it came, as it went up? That's literally what I'm trying to challenge you on. So I will point you to a website from the FT, which shows inflation going up for the UK, the Eurozone and the US from around 2% in January 2021, all the way up to peaks of... Just under 8% in the US, 75 in the UK, and 55 in the Eurozone in January 2023. And since then, it has come down to the levels that I talked about earlier, which was around 4%. So I didn't get to the lower point of my target, but 3 to 4%. But when, when you look at that triangle, year, does it, is it the same slope on both sides? It's actually faster on the way down. Amazing. Let's move to your next so, one. So I'm going to give myself that one. Whether that will continue by the time you're listening to this, who knows? Google will launch a generative AI search feature and it will be the most disruptive new creative tool in art, social media, and for knowledge workers and a core part of the Google search product. I'm not going to give myself this point, even though they've launched a number of products this year. So they launched Bard, a strangely named competitor to ChatGPT which was their, their first language model product for consumers. They recently announced Gemini, the substantial multimodal upgrade to this, which although there's been some questions around how they've marketed it and publicized certain capabilities, it does on many accounts look to be incredibly advanced and probably something that can compete with the latest and greatest from OpenAI. However, I remember claiming in last year's episode that it would be the google.com homepage and it would completely revolutionize their business model and they would really lean into making it the primary way that you engage with the internet and that hasn't happened you go to google.com it still says search or i'm feeling lucky to find these um, models and services you have to dig into google services to really make the most of them Uh, so i'm not going to give myself that point but what are Um, your thoughts on it so is this just me? So it might just be me, but do you have generative AI results at the top of your results page now in Google? So, and it depends actually where you're searching. So if you just go google.com and search, you just get search results and then you get the normal 
people also asked things. Yeah. So no, you don't it's, get... And in your Google app on your phone, you don't have generative AI results baked in at the top. No, you still have a search bar. You can translate text from a camera. You can search with a photo. You can do those type of things, but it's not like Bing, where it's just like chat, and it just has a chat functionality on Bing. So, you know. So I think the parts where I would dispute your prediction is when it was, yeah, as per what you said, you know, it was meant to be just on the homepage when you went to google.com, front and center. Also, the the part where it's meant to be transformative for all of anyone who does anything social or knowledge workers, etc. But but as for like it's baked into the core of Google.com search, I think we're we're seeing that already. So don't be so hard on yourself. I think it will come. I think if I'd made this prediction now, it would be the narrative for 2024. But I think I would say I can't give myself a point, but that's largely because Google dropped the ball and not because my prediction was <laughs> not right. <laughs> Anyway, I'm on number three. So number three is an interesting one. I said a global recession would allow chip supply to catch up with demand. Now, this one's weird because I tried to research this and it's depending on when you look at through the year, you get a different view. There was a point when for auto manufacturers, the global chip supply seemed to be going on forever. And especially in Germany, it still seems to be the case. That is starting to change as people buy less cars because of interest rates, especially in the US, especially in the UK and Europe. So in that sense, kind of right. Something weird happened where chip supply for certain things that was shortening production of PS5s and laptops and cars seems to have rebounded in many ways. But GPUs (laughs) have gone the other way because of this AI and data center need and the hungry, hungry need for compute power to do all these generative AI pieces. So uh, I don't know if I deserve a point for this. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, Read it again. So I said that a global recession would allow chip supply to catch up with demand. Can we do the first part? Has there been a global recession? No, not yet, although... Honestly can't tell because the US did have two quarters of negative growth, but then they changed the rules on what constitutes recession. Yeah. So like like <laughs> this is the problem with like measuring it. it doesn't and then seem like the UK been a had recession. two quarters of negative growth. But we didn't but change we the rules yeah. on what constitutes a recession. But we're not calling it a recession, which is Europe super weird. Had two quarters of different countries in Europe had two quarters mm. of negative growth. So in the first part, was there a global recession? If you're saying that there wasn't, then your prediction falls apart. I don't think economists would agree we're in a global recession at the moment, largely because of what you said, because of how they the rules that they measure this by are. I think by early next year, we will be in a measurable global recession. And then my prediction would work. But has chip supply caught up with demand? I'd say yes in most areas apart from GPUs. So kind of at best a half. But not because you said there'd be a global recession and there. There was, but it got redefined. So <laughs> I'm not going to do what you did. I'm not going to have a half about point. This, I'm going to you, go. For you're it. saying no. I'm saying no, even okay. though, even though it was pretty close. Number four, Tesla stock continues to fall from a hundred and sixty dollar high to a sixty dollar low in 2023. So, when we recorded this, Tesla stock was already down 
from its like 200 and something highs to 160. By the 3rd of January, so about two weeks after recording, it had dropped further to $100. And that was its lowest point, 3rd of January. Then it has steadily recovered to $250 at time of recording. So I don't get this one. It was super ambitious. If it had gone a bit lower and hit the $60, would I count it? Maybe, but it didn't. And the people You would have still counted it and you'd have said that the continues to fall part refers to... I would have been right if it had hit a $60 low, right? Because that would have been the low. But right. I think right. it would have been a hard a hard case. So, But overall, you were telling a very negative story and actually it's done, it's done really well, hasn't it? Yeah, if you measure from the beginning of the year, because the beginning of the year was when it hit its low <laughs> to now, it's, it's literally, it's up like 150%. But it's all about when you measure, right? I think the year to date is actually, it, it looks like I've got egg on my face, but still down substantially from its all-time highs. Still doesn't look like it's on the path to a full recovery to where, mm. it, you know, to its inflated highs. So until the robot comes out, right? Maybe that will be its all-time low. Let's see. <laughs> no, Let's no, going. I'm not going to comment on Tesla for next year. I think we're good. Number five, something will step up or compete with Twitter. I mentioned potentially Blue Sky, Reddit, Discord, or something new entirely. I'm going to give myself this one. No, no, be, no, 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 Let me hear me out, and then you can have your retort. So, Does it work. Uh, yeah, yeah. Better not be threads. So, Better not be threads. So, as of October, threads. Oh, has 100 million monthly active users. Twitter on its own accounting by November has 350 million monthly active users. So over three times more. But the trajectory of both is, is in opposite directions at the moment. In parallel, Blue Sky has launched out of a private preview into a much more public Twitter clone, essentially, but a more decentralized one. Uh, Meta have announced that Threads will now support ActivityPub, which is the same protocol that the Fediverse tools, such as Mastodon and other, I guess, ActivityPub protocols use. And yeah, recently Elon just told all of his customers to F off. <laughs> and that without them, not his customers, X his would go bankrupt. Hmm? Not his customers, his advertisers. I think they're his customers. I think when your product that makes you money is adverts, the people who buy that are your customers. So that is telling your customers to F off. And also, I mean, we're all wrong because there is no more Twitter. Twitter is dead. <laughs> it is now a company that used to be Twitter that's called X. So I kind of want this one. I've been very, very it's, fair to, on, it's to myself and all that does. It, it's absolutely outrageous. I think Why? you need to backpedal on some of the others and... And be a little bit clearer on this, on what actually happened. Something so you will were saying, step up, with, yeah. to step up to compete with Twitter. Something would step up to compete with Twitter. So tell that, me yeah. what is what is the thing that stepped threads, up? Threads, threads has definitely stepped up to compete with Twitter. It had it, the biggest launch, and I know that's because they just took all the Instagram people and just moved them across. But the biggest launch in terms of what user is, growth on record. It's funny because it I now don't really has a hear third about... of Twitter users yeah, monthly active yeah. users mm. twitter has fallen from 450 monthly active users to 350 monthly active users this year threads has gone from zero to 100 million monthly active users and now has opened up to adopt the entire fediverse which isn't loads of people but it's potentially people who aren't on twitter so 
the so, the direction of travel is pretty clear on this one, and I would say it's a it's a competitor to so step can up I and compete with. Is that a few additional yeah. questions? So I don't hear much about Threads these days since the launch, and I don't hear people really speaking about it. So those monthly actives are they from a recent month? Yeah, that was from October. Okay, hundred million. Hundred million, uh, just under a hundred million, according to Zuckerberg. And is that so? Threads is like a separate app to Instagram, right? So we're talking actual active users of the mm-hmm. dis- discrete Threads app. Yeah, yeah, it's a separate app. It has the same login and the same shared account backbone, but it's a separate app. The NPR dropped off Twitter because they flagged it as a state broadcaster. A lot of creators have dropped off, so like Platformer and The Verge have all started moving across, and now we're looking at Threads, or um, they did try Mastodon as well. But given that Threads is adopting ActivityPub, which is what Mastodon uses, I think the direction of travel is clear. It is a competitor with Twitter. Before, when we recorded this, remember, nothing competed with Twitter, Mm, apart from itself. It was its own worst enemy. Now there is genuinely a competitor. I've got to have this one. So read, read the prediction again. Something will step up to compete with Twitter. Blue Sky, Reddit, Discord or something new entirely. Whether Threads is something yeah. new entirely. Okay. Yeah, you got know. it. So got this it. is yours. And what I'd like to say in addition to that is I noticed that neither of us have mentioned Yowza from Cards Against Humanity, the social media platform that they launched this year. I also can't help thinking that, yes, everything you're saying is true. These things have stepped up. But, you know, nonetheless, there is currently no replacement for Twitter, no viable replacement and nothing that can purport to be the world's town square in the way that Twitter was. Including it's a shame. X, Inclu- X yeah. is not even it's a shame as because Twitter was. Things are badly, things are going not in a good direction there. Let's move on. Just on that, I would say what's happened in the last year is Twitter was the only Twitter, and now there is no Twitter. There is X, there is Threads, there is all these others. None of them have the primacy that Twitter had. And some of that is self-inflicted, some of that is, is copycat stuff, but it's it's a different time. Anyway, moving on to number six. <laughs> so this one I feel was probably too easy. So I said, number six, no nukes will be used in 2023 and Putin will still be in charge of Russia. And you laughed and were like, ugh of course and i feel like that's an easy one that's like that's the sort of thing that is right until it's not and then you look really stupid there was a point right when it looked like putin's power was on the rocks like let's let's not forget <laughs> there was a point this year where that prediction looked like it was going to go south so seems correct and easy now but could have been different you <laughs> know did you never have a, a bit of a like a weird feeling? Oh, oh, is something going to suddenly change? Are we going to see a power shift in Russia earlier this year? Um, when the chap from Wagner marched on Moscow, maybe. Yeah, and then none, no then, one, none of the generals, no one stopped him <laughs> until he voluntarily stopped out of. Yeah, yeah, and then mysteriously. He, nothing happened to him until his plane just mysteriously crashed. Like there was, there was a real note for about two weeks where everyone was like, "Oh, is there, is there going to be a power shift? Is Putin really in charge?" And obviously now things have like just come back to the status quo. But I'm going to take this as a win. It's a correct. I get a point. I mean, a freebie. keep it. But it's like honestly, 
it's like uh it's like saying there's going to be scientific breakthroughs in the year it's like oh yeah the the moon will cause tides to go up and down in 2024 mm. it's like yeah that's right it's like it's like saying there'll be breakthroughs in areas where there's always breakthroughs every single year <laughs> like, uh, that one was an incredible prediction because there were so many parts of it and I knocked them all out of the park. But you could have added a hundred more parts because they're always the things that there's an announcement the on. Reason it, I, the reason I couldn't have done that is because the amount of work it took to prepare for this. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. Number seven. All phone companies will announce foldable products apart from Apple. And I'd say I've got this one. So oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're oh. going to be like... Uh, how did you know that Apple wouldn't and everyone else would? And you're going to be like, how is that even possible? Be, I'm not going to be like any of those things. I'm going to say, so, this is such an irrelevant technological development and it's an embarrassing one. And No, I think this yeah. is where you're, you're, mm. that soundbite's going to sit with you for a while. Is it, is um, it going to haunt me? I think it's going to be one of those where you're like, you're, you're going to see the Apple version probably in like a year's time and you're going to buy it. And then you're going to be the guy going, oh, it's so amazing. Did you know that these things could fold? Have you seen how this hinge, look how the screen becomes bigger, but then it becomes smaller and it fits in your pocket. Oh my God, Apple are so amazing that they did this. And then you're going to listen to this again and go, wait, what was that? So Samsung released their fourth version. Motorola released the Razer Plus and the Razer. OnePlus released the Open. Samsung released another one, which was the Z Fold 5. And then Google released the Pixel Fold. Mm. And on top of that, you had releases from Oppo, Huawei, Listen, and Honor, you can all with foldables. Have it. have it and be welcome to it. What I would say is it's kind of like a technological dead end in ergonomic backwater, in which ultimately, you know, they may have all done that. They Clearly they did, but in error. And they'll be embarrassed about that when they come to make, make their next product, which is non-folding. Mm. These companies have really made an error with their foldable devices. Until Apple do it, in which case Apple will have innovated yet again. Number eight is about Apple. So my prediction for the eighth one was Apple will announce an AR wearable in 2023. Your words were, I take my hat off to you for this one. And this year they announced the Vision Pro, which was <laughs> it's an because, AR wearable. Do you know why, why I said that? And it's because it, it was just low-hanging fruit. And in a predictions <laughs> format, it's like going, oh, yeah, do you know what I think will happen? You know, I think will happen. I think the Apple Vision Pro will come out in 2024, which, spoilers, might be one of my predictions. But it's just so low-hanging fruit on a predictions format. I don't think it was. Because we knew you... going into the... Okay, so when was the announcement? The announcement was in June. Yeah, but where the but we'd had it's like the Apple Car. We'd had drip, drip, drip of very clear foreshadowing that this product was coming, and then it didn't. Remember, remember, it's exactly like that. It's like the Apple Car, where they had Project Titan and they had the patents and they had the announcements and they had it, it was going to happen, and to this date hasn't happened. It is exactly like that. So saying last year that it would happen this year is a good prediction. Thank you for that. I'm taking that point. And when I said I take my hat off to you, that that is what I meant, isn't it? I was like, I was literally flabbergasted that you'd had the gall to do it because it was the it was right. Like I sensed it in my bones. It was the right thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it, it could right easily call. have not happened because it's Apple, uh, right? Could it have not happened? Yeah, mm. it's like the car. It's like all these leaks about when they're so going to do... apparently Tim Cook did a senior leader's sort of presentation of the thing. And even then, it was very much a... He was wiser counsels were advising him to hold off on it, but he, he wanted to get it out there. Hmm. Well, it happens. So, so I think even fanfare, so. by, by which I mean, even I think two months before the the launch, there was a lot of internal dissent as to whether or not it should go ahead. And be yeah, included. yeah, because because it, it's a whole new product category, right? And I think it's one of those ones that, in all other companies, has not been a success. And so for Apple to really say we're going to reinvent the one that no one else has done properly. Is is a different path for Apple. They normally well wait done until... on well done on your point. Well deserved. Oh, thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Number nine, I said that Substack will launch an ad network in 2023. Nope, wrong. Don't get any points. They did, however, release Substack Notes, which was another internal competitor to Twitter, but they didn't release an ad network. So they're there. So I only had nine. I didn't have ten. So I got five. Out of all of that, five out of well nine. Well done. It's better than I got last year. Yeah, so I got 10% better score than you did. Well done, well done. Yeah. With one okay. extra attempt. You've done well there. <laughs> no, but I think one extra it... attempt is more exposure. And no, actually, is, if you think is. about that super, the super prediction that includes like 20 predictions, it's amazing that I knocked that one out of the park, isn't it? If you think about it. Yeah, you it. should have really got two points for that. I should have got uh, like eight points for that. And and that extra half point that you got for was that for US commercial real estate and condos? Collapsing yeah, and condos. I mean, that do you know what's weird point, is makes all the difference. It's a brutal, it's a brutally unfair that if you think back to 2022, I was still, I'm still ruining the fact that I was deprived that half point for my prediction about Taiwan. <laughs> you can combine it with that. Your net score. I think you're you're building up in ten years' time. We'll really see who's the Nostradamus and who's basically a coin toss. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing so, is about the coin toss thing is that they're about such specific things that you wouldn't think <laughs> to normally ask about. Would you like to go into the 2024 section? Yeah, yeah. I think we should start with you, okay? Because I've done a lot of talking. How are we going to do this? Why don't we do it like my one, your one, my one, your one? Okay. I'll let you go first. Let's do one prediction from you, then one prediction from me. And okay. let's see. I'm ready. Go. What is your number one prediction for 2024? Apple Vision Pro will be magical and will sell out, but won't rack up many hours of use for most owners of the first generation product, typically less than two hours a week. Okay. Interesting. Just looking at mine, because I had something related to that, but I don't know how to... It's not exactly the same. Well, over to you then. You do yours. So I do have an Apple one that I'll start with. So Apple will announce a completely revamped Siri and make it fully offline on-device AI assistant powered by their own foundation models, new silicon, and new flagship devices across all product lines. Mm. It can be an example of what flagship device you might be thinking of. So whatever their top iPhone is, whatever their top Apple Watch is, whatever the pro versions of their MacBooks are, will all... So it's not like a HomePod, it's just... Do they have a pro version of the HomePod? I mean, if they do, then I guess that counts. But no, I think I'm thinking their their core product set, which is the... And I'll include the AirPods, actually. They have a pro version. So AirPods, phones, watches, and laptop hardware. So why would they do that? Why would they deliberately hobble 
a digital product by only releasing it to some product categories for physical hardware. Because it will be dependent on having the new silicon that powers it to be fully offline and secure that Apple, I think, are aspiring for and to run these locally without sending data to the cloud and having data dependencies and data breaches. I think they'll need to and they'll need a new top line feature. And they love doing that, right? They love making it only possible on the Pro 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 version or whatever the the top version of each device is. But I think it will still be called Siri and it will be completely revamped from the ground up in classic Apple style. Can you can you make that thing that you've just said a note in our notes? Because I think where you said it will still be called Siri, I think is very important because the way you're describing it right now is really confusing from a product and brand perspective because there'll be some version that's on the pro hardware that's like much better. And then there'll be another version that's still called Siri but something else, but the other one is like Siri Plus. Or so. It's very confusing what you're describing. Your turn. What's your number two? Yeah, so I'm going to skip ahead into an AI one. Okay. Uh, despite all the AI startups and potential for disruption, a single established player ends up being the best positioned to strategically win the AI revolution. And that player is Google. Ooh. Who sees okay. the greatest commensurate rise in their stock in 2024 out of the tech giants, namely Meta, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Alphabet. Okay, that's interesting. I have a slightly counter version as my number two. Go, um, hit it. So number two, massive consolidation will occur in the AI space with incumbents from big tech being the ultimate winners. The reasons for this, AI will go through a trough of disillusionment in 2024 as the battle for GPU power, data, and short-term profitability means all VC startup investor avenues are impossible. And the focus is on business value and ROI. So I've said there'll be no new startups, but acquisitions and consolidation will continue, led by Microsoft, Meta, Amazon, OpenAI, Adobe, and Google. Did you say there'll be no new startups? No, like meaningful startups. Yeah. So kind of you've said the same thing, but using more words. And no, because you were very clear it's Google. I don't think uh, there is a one winner. You're kind of saying that the incumbents end up doing better out of this because of the amount of money you need. Correct. And I don't think yeah. it's a winner take all, like one. Yeah. I don't think yeah. Google win. I think mm. it's spread across six big players, which and are why, the Microsoft, why... Meta, Google, Amazon, OpenAI, yeah. and Adobe. And so help me out. Why is Adobe in there? So Adobe, I think, is a dark horse because of the creative angle. And they're the only one that has the direct avenue to monetize this with an existing user base, like instantly. You've seen Adobe stock price go up all of this year as a result of these announcements, but things like Firefly and then baking these AI creative tools directly into an already amazing product suite that many creatives use, I think is just a winner. So Adobe will be a bit of a dark horse in there, but don't think Google will be the only winner. Let's go to my third one. All right. The Tesla Cybertruck launch outsells the Ford F. 150 Lightning, which is the electric version of America's most popular pickup for the past 46 years, by double the sales of the Ford F-150 Lightning in 2023. Just in the US? Or I don't know how they measure it. Is the Ford F-150 Lightning available outside the US? Let's do it as a US story because the Cybertruck obviously is a pickup and the US is a big pickup market and the Ford F-150 has been the most popular pickup. Mm, uh, that's a bold for the past one. Forty-six years. So that uh, is... Cybertruck sells like two x the number of F one fifties. 
Wait, we're we putting that in the in the notes. Two X. Sorry, the number two of X. F-150. The number of F one fifty lightnings. The lightnings. Okay, interesting. So just the electric version of the Ford F one fifty. Bold prediction. Does that count pre orders or just deliveries? Because they could outsell with like <laughs> pre orders going deliveries twenty twenty five. But yeah, they have to uh, actually deliver. I think it's. I think you've got to actually ship them. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. That's a good. That is a very good, bold prediction. Curious to see how it lands. Number three, I have another AI one, but more about the hardware. So there will be a new wearable device category in 2024. It will be an AI wearable device that will be a that new That already happened. Form. That already happened. Sorry, carry on. You're thinking the humane pin. Yeah. Ah, yes. So good, good point. Let me finish what I'm saying. There will be announcements from Samsung, Huawei, Google, and Meta for releases of a new AI wearable device, similar to, but not necessarily equivalent to the Humane Pin or Rewind Pendant. But new product categories, four companies will announce them coming in 2024. Kind of a super prediction, because you're going to hold me to account on that. Samsung, Huawei, Google, Meta. And Meta don't make hardware, really, apart from the headsets. So, ambitious. Uh, Does it count if it's like those Meta sunglasses with Ray-Ban? But it like has a voice assistant or something. It has to have the AI be its core like feature set. Yeah. So the same way the Humane Pin or Rewind Pendant are very much based around it's an AI listening to your life that you can interact with. It can't just be got a camera and happens to have a Google Assistant baked in. It needs to be something a bit more AI centric. But anyway, well, that's the coming reason this year. that you knew the Humane Pin was like an AI first device is because it had new input and output methods. And it was primarily voice as the interaction mm-hmm. mode, right? So so you won't get away with Ray-Bans because it's like got a camera on it. Okay. Not in their current format, because the only way they interact with assistance is Bluetooth to your phone, right? It's not actually the device that's doing it. It needs okay. to be the device that's AI-centric. Okay. There's there's something to this. Like it's, it's a hard enough prediction that you, you've got your work cut out. What you are saying is that we've seen two things, the pendant and the humane and that this will become a properly established product category and it will do so in 2024. So that's a meaty prediction. Over to you for number four. Number four, uh, Moody's will downgrade the US's credit rating from AAA to AA1. AA, what is AA1? Which it's like is that a, It's like AA+, it's just the next one down. Oh, okay. Is that a bold prediction? And what is that based on out of interest? So like what are the, where's the, precedence of that has it happened before or is this so this be uh, Fitch, has, Fitch has already done it for they'll just be following the two other agencies oh so it's a kind of a gimme uh, and they've also already downgraded the credit outlook from stable down to negative so there is <laughs> how much of this is a prediction versus just uh, has there is some happened. foreshadowing but at the same time it's like if it happens when it happens and I'm saying it will happen it will have like a seismic impact, like as in the markets will go down 7% oh, wow. like on the on the day. And the dollar? So it, it's, uh, it will be impacted. So okay. it, cool. it is, it is a big deal. And I think, you know, if interest rates are cut and it's a soft landing, then, then this will have been a foolhardy pr- prediction. That's but fair enough. in the event of like more like political deadlock, plus some other things occurring to do with the US and politics 
and its governance and also its finances and its debt and its spending on wars, then it it will be like something that is, you can say it's, it's pretty much going to happen. So that's 2024. Moody's will downgrade from AAA to AA1. Interesting. So number four, the metaverse will make a big comeback into the mainstream by the end of 2024. The pivot will be driven by a new startup offering metaverse second life as a service for the elderly and aging middle classes in China, Japan, and South Korea. So say more about the expression metaverse as a service. So it won't just be wearing a VR headset. I mean, something akin to what second life does or did for many people, giving them an alternative identity in a online game world with other humans around the world. I think that will be the new narrative for this whole new plot for the metaverse. But it's not going to be meta necessarily at the core. I'm sure they'll piggyback on it. I think it will be something new and disruptive that offers this, targeting it at the growing number of elderly and aging middle class citizens in China, Japan and South Korea and maybe parts of the West. I'm still stuck on as a service. Say the as a service part. Like, why are you using the expression as a service? You could call it a subscription model. Whatever you want to call it, it's going to be the same way PlayStation and Xbox have their subscription models for engaging with their best services. I think this will be the offer. And I think it will capture the imaginations of a growing, lonely, aging middle class around the world. But I think started in China, Japan and South Korea. Okay. I think it's a great prediction. I don't think it will happen, but I love it. Let's keep going. Right. You're on to number five. (laughs) Why are you smiling? (laughs) Oh, God. This one is quite different from your one. Okay. Um, Yeah. Actually, the next two are, I have to say, I've taken some inspiration from members of my family. But uh, okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, You're not expecting this. It's pretty big. 2024. Mashed peas become the new smashed avo. Okay. I'll say Expand. that again. Mashed peas become the new smashed avo. So at a molecular level, no, the, the avocado is going no, to... stop. Okay. So obviously, you know, you've been seeing these mashed peas go everywhere. But the smashed avo, I think, obviously expensive and lots of water consumption and lots of food miles, right? Mashed peas become the new smashed avo. Are you talking about mushy peas? Like what no, I get in a chip ma- shop? Uh, no, it's mashed peas, like really nice. From. Yeah. And more, like, more creamy. No, mushy peas are amazing. What? Just is, um, not creamy, like f- take the taste fresher and And they're going to become the new smashed avo from a cultural perspective, from a export tonnage no, perspective. From like a cultural the- perspective. So smashed avo occupies... A place where presumably it started off in like hipster bars, hipster mm. um, brunch places in Melbourne, and then it was exported to the world from there and, you know, found itself in San Francisco and then in Shoreditch. But um, like mashed peas is going to do a similar migration through those similar nexuses, and it, but it will start in the UK and it will go outwards to other places that are, Interesting. you know, hipster brunch joints. I think mashed peas started at a chip shop in the UK where I'm from, actually. So it's quite an old invention. Are you thinking of mushy peas? Because mashed peas is very different. It's just terminology, isn't it, really? Not really. uh, No? (laughs) No. Okay, that's an interesting one. I have no no real 
useful comments or input into this. Apart from, I'll say one thing, and it's not one of my predictions, but there's going to be a noticeable backlash against all environmental policies and climate change concern that I think is born out of young, liberal, progressive, largely left-leaning people. Probably the same people who eat smashed avocado on sourdough toast. I think that's going to continue next year. And I don't think this has a lot of things going for it. This shift to mashed mushy peas. But we'll see. Hopefully I'm wrong. So, so, sorry, are you saying there's going to be a backlash against environmental consciousness? Yeah, massively. And you're saying that mashed peas are going to suffer? More than they already have. Poor peas are already mashed. And now they're not even going to replace avocados. I don't even know what they are, by the way. I've literally never come across them. So I'm talking from a it's, <laughs> position of humour more than anything it's, else. It's your turn. <laughs> uh, I, I've got one that you definitely didn't see coming. So this is my number five. Apps allowing you to talk with animals will become mainstream, starting with the ability to talk with your pets. Mm. <laughs> and now it's my turn. <laughs> um, are you ready? No, no questions. No, no comment. No. no, nothing to say. <laughs> I'm happy to move on. Okay. In, 2020, in 2024, finally, people will understand that sunscreen is not so good. <laughs> I feel like the quality of our predictions has just fallen off a cliff to a point of just, are these predictions? Like, what, is, what does that even mean? Finally, people will understand. There'll be an announcement from the Global People Council that says, yeah. people... Don't, in fact, Baz Luhrmann will come out with a new song and it will be like, don't wear sunscreen. Mm. No, it'll be a mainstreaming of awareness around the chemicals in sunscreen and what they might be doing to our bodies. Okay, how do I, I'm thinking a year in the uh, future. And, and the, way, the way you'll know that is that it won't just be like highly switched on people who understand chemistry or biology who are avoiding sunscreen. It'll be a discussion topic and sales will be impacted in, in the summer. Oh, Northern so you're hemisphere going to measure this with of, actual sales? In Northern Hemisphere summer, sales of sunscreen in Europe and North America will be impacted. Finally, people will understand that sunscreen is not so good. Nor is prolonged exposure to sun. So less people will go outside without wearing a hat or an umbrella. So that's... Uh, so that's uh, like, I'm just thinking. well, so that's conventional sunscreen. So there are more traditional alternatives to modern chemical sunscreen. I will hand over to you now for your next prediction. I have a, a foodie, a tech food super prediction. So cellular agriculture, lab grown meats and precision fermentation will have breakthroughs in scalability with regulatory approvals in the US, EU, UK and China. And major deal announcements will be made with some global food corporations. That is mad. You're going to go for it. You're really going for it with this one. When I was researching this, this is the sort of thing that people say is like a 2040 <laughs> type mm. horizon. Yeah. But I'm going to well, go for it and see. You're expecting uh, like you're really expecting like FDA approvals. Yeah, not for everything, but for something. That's my. Very low probability that this one comes off means that somehow of all the different things that are currently going through regulation and going through testing, whether it's just making lab-grown chicken nuggets or precision fermentation proteins, that one of them gets through the incredibly high standards they need to get through from a regulatory perspective and that they're able to scale enough to do deals that 
are announced and that I can point to next year. So it's a bit aggressive, but good hey, luck, punchy, love it. Now we shall turn to a single crypto-related prediction for me, and then possibly like one or two from you. Go for it. I'm okay. expecting a lot from this. You've had a year. <sighs> Bitcoin will top out at $95,000 for this cycle. Oh, wait, is there more? The thing is, what you have to note is that because I'm saying it in the 2024 predictions category, it heavily implies that I'm expecting it to happen in 2024. Mm -hmm. So I'm calling the top at 95K, and then I've implicitly said that that will happen in 2024. That's interesting. Okay, fair enough. I've actually, I've I've gone a bit off piece. I've set a high bar. I've got a crypto super prediction. Oh. So just way more difficult than your just scientific breakthroughs will happen. But I want to take a gamble. So the next crypto bull run fully kicks off at the Bitcoin halving in April. A Bitcoin ETF gets approved in January and an Ethereum ETF gets approved in Q3. Bitcoin peaks at 102k. Ethereum at 7k, Solana at $350. And the surprise winner from a thematic perspective will be real world assets on DeFi. Oh my God. Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, really, really yeah, well good done. Luck me. Um, I, guess, <laughs> I guess with that, you've got your eighth prediction. I'm still reeling from what you did <laughs> Do you want there? me to repeat? Because you, you, called, you called the top for Solana as well. Like you even... Why would you Solana is... And then what's this real world assets thing that you... So the reason for the real world assets piece is I think the next NFT resurgence mm. will be led by a mainstream theme, which will be real world assets moving on chain and getting adoption from Wall Street financial institutions, which will then obviously, it will legitimize the, the idea of NFTs, the same way that for many people, Donald Trump having his third round of NFT launches recently legitimizes it for people who were previously skeptical about this mm. whole technology space. So yeah, it's kind of a compound super prediction, but we'll see how much of it I get. Yeah. So like centrifuge type thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like that. And sorry, I interrupted you. What were you going to say about Solana? Solana, I think I've undercooked Solana. I think it's got enough of a rebound since the days when it was embroiled by being heavily invested in by FTX. It kind of took a beating, but actually the community and the building and the work they're doing is relevant for a, a niche space in financial trading. So think high frequency traders and people who need that absurd amount of speed and throughput, but aren't really that worried about decentralization beyond them and their mates. I think Solana is probably going to be a bit of a winner and uh, that's why I included it in my predictions. Interesting. Okay. So this is my prediction number eight. I have to admit this actually, I've harvested this one. This isn't, I didn't come up with this one this myself. This isn't you. This isn't but, like No, me. but it's, it's one which having sort of scoured all of the internets, I thought, <laughs> I think this one, having applied my, my own unique filter to the, to the world, I think this one I can get behind it. Um, Go for it. I'm so excited. Yeah, in 2024, women's sport will break the billion dollar revenue barrier. That's mostly um, for football and basketball or soccer and basketball and then cricket, volleyball, rugby. Love it. Love it. Mm. Hope that happens. What's it add at the moment? Just out of interest? 
no idea. It's that's courtesy of Deloitte that one. So I, I mm. think it's a prediction that it looks like it's headed that way. You might say this is too easy, but I, th- I feel like it's a good one to call out because it's an important watershed moment. Well, we had the Women's World Cup this year, which definitely like elevated the whole space across all sports. It'd be really interesting if that does continue next year. I don't know, but I hope it does. So yeah, hope you get your eighth one. My eighth one is something you're going to hate. Prediction number eight. X, previously known as Twitter, will finally declare bankruptcy by November next year. Why have you chosen November? I want to give myself a bit of runway. <laughs> but why have you done that? Why You could have gone in 2023, which would have given you a whole two extra months, right? I mean, if it's November... 29th, I'm going to still won't, take Then I won't it. allow you to have it. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, I don't if it's know. at all, That's... I'll be amazed. But I, I think um, I don't think it's the end of everything with what Elon wants it to be, but definitely that incarnation. I think it's going to declare It could bankruptcy. get sold, right? Yeah, theoretically, right? It at a certain could... point, Elon will take a, like a, a tax-deductible loss, a write-down, rather than just run it into the ground and say, like, screw you, the advertisers. It was you that was blackmailing me, and now look what you've done. Look what you made me do. I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling in the weird 4D chess that goes on in his head, he feels like if he runs it into the ground, declares bankruptcy, blames on the advertisers, and then relaunches X without the Twitter, you know, in his eyes, baggage, it, it might work better for him. And which is arguably what he should have done with $40 billion, right? Just start X and just make whatever he wanted to make rather than hijacking and destroying what was left of Twitter. Anyway, yeah, might happen, might not. It could be interesting to see how that particular prediction plays into the electoral cycle as well. If it happens around November. Oh, wow. And if Trump takes office, whether that actually makes this a null and void thing because it will bring a lot more activity to Twitter news cycle, the same way that Trump basically saved Twitter <laughs> by adopting it as his his personal uh, channel to the public. So mm. maybe that makes this null and void. Maybe that should be my prediction. We'll see. What's your ninth? My final prediction is, and Trump wins. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I actually deleted that from my list, but I think you're right. I think Trump will win the US elections. Do you think it will be, do you think it will go smoothly? Mm, um, I don't just mean the vote count. I mean the entire process. Well, the part to worry about is the transitions because a disorderly transition is good for no one. We're talking about something really serious here, which is like the world's biggest, most powerful military superpower and global economy leader. Like You don't want that republic to go through a wobbly patch. It's not good for anyone. So all eyes on, all eyes on the US. Do I think it will go smoothly I, th- I think the inauguration part isn't as troublesome as worrisome as the leaving office not leaving office part it's 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 worse at the end than at the beginning I, I, i'm not worried about that i don't think there's any real risk after what happened in reverse that a biden administration won't hand over to whoever wins in the election yeah, i was exactly. i was meaning the run-up which is like social media the election campaign trail and the involvement of fake news, AI generated content and a whole load of misinformation over the next year. I think that if I had to put money on what will probably happen, Trump will probably win, but the run up will be fraught with this 
unbelievable, never before seen levels of misinformation and hysteria because of social media, AI, and the really awkward and terrible way that campaigning happens in the US. Uh, it's, it's really bad for the social fabric. Uh, have you seen the, this is not connected what I'm about to say. Have you seen the um, campaign ad? It's got the soundtrack Run Boy Run and mm. it's, uh, yeah, the latest Trump campaign ad. Wow. Is it a banger? Are you like, yes? Yeah, this it's is, like, this, this is... is my guy. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen his latest NFT Series 3 Trump cards? No, uh, I had no idea that this had come out. <laughs> yeah, it's his third edition. This time I didn't it's mugshots. Notice mug the shots. second edition. Okay. It's only mugshots. There's like 47 mugshots that, that you can collect in his NFT collection. But he, he says that, that he's quite weirdly for Trump, like self deprecating. He's like, oh, they look so much better than I do. <laughs> You know, I wish I looked like they do on the things, but he's, I think he's nailed it when it comes to what NFTs mean to whoever collects them. Like, it's like you get a dinner at Mar-a-Lago and you get, you're entitled to a real physical memorabilia from his indictment and stuff. And then you get this, you get this like mugshot NFT and it's all very, it's, it's a, it's a weird and bizarre situation that I just don't, I don't see biden having his own nft launch it's just odd it's odd but it's happening i'm going to cut one of mine so that i can stick to nine and then we'll go oh interesting okay so this will be my ninth we'll finish on this one so number nine by the end of 2024 upgrading encryption for quantum resistance will become the number one fear for all nation states companies and security experts it will be 10 times more crazy than the millennium bug was perceived in the 90s I like that you've put it in and it's definitely not going to be that level of absolute panic like Y2K was because it's it's further off. But still, I'm glad that you put it in. See, the reason that so I, I agree, I think most people would say it's further off. I think the reason this will happen at some point towards the end of next year is for the same reason you got your scientific breakthrough thing. I think there will be the first of many quantum mm. canaries that gets triggered that basically signals some level of breakthrough that isn't by like hackers in North Korea, but is more by academics that or academics in China that suggest some of the standards for AES-256 encryption that we all use for everything <laughs> um, could potentially be broken by a malicious actor. And I think that will be the first where the, the, the ticking clock will start ticking. Because mm. the Millennium Bug frenzy, it didn't happen just in 1999. It was kind of the run-up, and then everyone's preparing for it, and it just peaked. So I think... I think it was also say, like a, a huge like wheeze, a, gr- a grift, a, a business model, right? Oh, yeah, but and also because they fixed everything in time, there was uh, nothing actually happened. And I think we will have... This will be the beginning. I'm not saying next year will be like 1999 was. I'm saying next year... It's going to be the number one. Can't tell if that was the lesson from the Millennium Bug. I think that it wasn't that they fixed it all in time. I think that it was all along a scam, and a bit of a grift, and a bit of a like uh, a way to squeeze some additional IT work out of that that didn't really need to be done in most cases. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll have to do a proper retrospective on the Millennium Bug. That was that was my ninth. Yeah, oh, it's really good. Now what happens? 
now we're done. We don't need to speak to each other at all for another year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, okay, Jonathan, looking forward to talking to you again in a year from now and not at all in between. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Started during lockdown, needed something to do. They looked at each other, they said, hey, I like talking to you. And so from a